Hi folks, welcome to this episode of Kane and Rin's Interview Extra, where we sit down for a chat with people doing interesting things in the world of gaming. Today I'll be talking to, I can't say your name, tell me what your username is. <laughs> right, so um, the, the original pronunciation is Matako. Um, mm. If you're from America, quite a lot of people pronounce it Medico because of the mm. way um, the syllables go together. Uh, it's kind of got a bit more of a Japanese origin, but not the actual translation of it, because if you put it in the Japanese, um, I'm pretty sure it's called Eye Octopus, which is interesting enough. Mm. But um, no, it was literally just a collection of signs that I thought worked well together. And it was a nickname I had when I was about nine years old. And hmm. when it came time to choose an internet handle, that's kind of how I went about it. Um, so yeah, that's that's how we go about it. Cool. Um, so today I'll be talking to Metako, who has just finished doing a 70 hour marathon of Final Fantasy speedruns. Um, could you tell us more about it? I'm, I'm dying to know how that marathon went. I saw a little bit of it, but I didn't see all of it. Pretty sure no one saw all of it. Um, so <laughs> yeah, um, right. So the, 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 the premise behind this was about four years ago, I was speedrunning Final Fantasy games. That was just a thing that I'd been doing anyway. So the concept behind that is, you know, you beat the games as quickly as possible. Um, there's something really interesting about beating longer games as quickly as possible because sometimes you can have just as much of the, the technology um, and strategy that goes into it as you can get with shorter runs, like 30 to one, like 30 minutes to one hour. And we thought, well, let's just do multiple games back to back. And People had already done relay races. I mean, it's a thing like since time immemorial, you go to the Olympics, people do a relay race of four people run and they do the same kind of thing. Uh, and we've done that before. So there's like an FF relay where you'll mm -hmm. have a different runner for each game and then we'll have two or three different teams and you'll run a bunch of Final Fantasy games. Then people started deciding, let's just do it on our own. Um, so the first kind of people who really set this, we did 7, 8, 9, and that was like the PlayStation trilogy, if you will. So the three PlayStation Final Fantasy games are FF7, 8, and 9 uh, for the PS1. So that takes about 24 hours if you're really good. Um, and that's not so bad. So I'd done that a couple of times, 2015, 2016. And then I think it was 2016 um, at ESA, European Speedrunner Assembly, that one person came up to me and was like, he was like, my tackle mate. You could be the first person to do seven to ten. And I was like, that sounds stupid. Why would anyone do that? And so sure enough, I was thinking about it and I was like, I could be. Um, there's another there's another uh, Spanish speedrunner, um, El Body, mm. who had done seven to ten, but he'd done it on the PC versions and he had like a small nap during FF10. So he was like, it's like, it's not technically official. And I was like, right, whatever, okay. So I got talked into it. Um, so seven, eight, nine, ten. The first time I did it, I think I got about 40 hours in. Um, and I was a couple of hours in the FF10, and that's when I started, like, like blinkers are coming on, and I was micro-sleeping and things like, I don't know. So I think I got 42 hours, and I was like, I, no, okay, I've, I've tried, I've done a bit, that's me. And then it came to the next time I could try it again, um, you know, and I, I managed to, to bash my way through it, and it was really clumsy, clunky, difficult, and whatever, but eventually I did it, um, and then it kind of went from there. And I don't know why. I was like, I really like FF12. I'll start learning FF12, and I'll add it in on top of that. And then since then... Effectively, the goal has been, um, because I teach a, in a secondary school, I get a, basically a holiday every six or seven weeks. Uh, and during that one week or two week holiday that I would get in those periods, I would try to add in another Final Fantasy game onto the, the marathon. So I don't call them relays because officially uh, a relay is when you've got different people doing each part or each segment. And because it's a mm -hmm. solo idea, um, relay is not the official term, but it's the popular one that most people call it. Um, 
I finished yesterday at about 7 or 8 p.m. Uh, I, I just completed doing Final Fantasy 1 through 13. So it was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Don't do 11 because at the minute I'm doing the offline main story titles, not the MMOs and not the spinoffs and side games. Uh, and then the thir- um, 12 and 13 at the end. So I think the final time on it was 81.40 or something like that. Um, <laughs> so I did. I did try... Uh, FF 1 to 13 in the last break that I had, which would have been Easter. Um, and I got about three hours in to FF 13 and I was finding a boss and I think it was chapter, it might have been chapter four. And and I just couldn't, my I just couldn't get it. It was basically, the, the, the problem was there's some of the fights where you just wait a little bit of time and before doing inputs or before changing or something and it's got two phases. I got onto the second phase a couple of times, but I just kept zoning out in between. I was like, I'm not going to get this fight. So that one, I got to 75 hours um and then I, that was just like okay i've i tried we, we did a good job on it and we scrapped that and then this one um i mean everything went really really well really slick really organized felt incredible the whole genuinely the whole way through uh typically there'll be a time and it's usually around final fantasy 8 where i start to get tired and zone out and things just a bit a bit groggy and i start to play really badly and then that has a knock-on effect on the whole timing of everything um mm. so then us- usually the first break or nap comes in around ff8 and then, and then you have an effect from there. Then FF10 is the hard one. FF10, I mean, say what you want about it. It's a great, it's a great run. It's really good fun to do. But there are at least five hours, six hours of just unskippable cutscenes where you cannot do anything in that game. Mm-hmm. And if you've got nothing keeping you going, and you've been awake for fifty hours, then it's a disaster waiting to happen. So that's that's the big mm-hmm. one to tackle. And then after that, you're laughing because FF12 and 13 are nonstop. So you don't really have a chance um, to to even think about. Am I tired? It's just like ah. Just panic the whole way through to get through it. Um, so that's been the idea. It was really easy to add in the early games because they're not that they're easier, but they're more straightforward. Um, and, they, and just going for the, the shortest run I can, keeping it to English language just for approachable sake. I mean, there's some of them I'm doing the Japanese version, but I've either got an English translation cart or repro card for it um, mm. or, or done the North American release of it in the original system. Um, so there are a couple of provisos to make it you know, a bit interesting and dynamic. Um, and then the goal will be the current goal. And the current goal has always been to do Final Fantasy 1 through 15 offline only uh, in real time. So that's kind of the plan for summer, I guess. Um, mm. So so I need to start learning 15 and I need to continue to get better at all the other ones. So it's that, that massive juggling act. But that's the kind of, that's where it came from. That's how it happened. Um, it's really it's really stupid and by stupid i don't mean dangerous but it's just one of these wild things to try and get 13 different games and get them mm. all down together back to back but yeah, it's fun it's interesting i like it um yeah it keeps me busy <laughs> and i saw that you um on your twitter that you'd done meal prep for the run so it's really quite involved that you have to do a lot of preparation maybe change your sleep cycles i saw that you also do a lot of um, physical sort of physiotherapy type exercises in the middle of games when things are loading um maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you mentally and physically um prepare and also uh, keep things um in shape during the runs absolutely so um one of the big things so um you know streaming comes under lots of different like dynamics and things that you can do so you can stream or you just chat to an audience you can play games um you can sing there are lots of different things you can do but when you're gaming and if you're going to be doing competitive gaming competitive gaming is no different to like competitive physical activity so if you want to be an athlete you know you've got to prepare in a proper way for that so if you want to run 100 meters you're using your so it's type 2b or the fast twitch muscles that you use for like really fast dynamic action 
and you need to train your muscles in the way you're going to use them. So you're not going to become an incredible 100 meter athlete by walking all the time or jogging all the time. You need to be sprinting. So whenever you train, you want to build up the muscles that you're going to use. So the main muscles you're going to be using are your legs for that. Um, and you warm up, so you need to get, um, so you want to increase your heart rate, get blood flow to the muscles that you're going to be using. Um, and then you warm them up in a, a, a dummy way that you're going to do that in an easier setting with like less load or less stress in the body. And then you train the way you're going to perform. So you're going to train sprinting to do that. Speed running is identical. And instead of using our legs to run, um, we typically will use our hands and arms to use a controller. So a lot of the people who get pains, um, repetitive strain injury, um, carpal tunnel and stuff like that are people who think that they can just rock up the stream and start mashing for crazy for like three, four, five hours and assume the body's going to be able to handle it and deal with it in a proper mm -hmm. and safe way. And that's, that's crazy um, to think of that. But the thing is, a lot of people don't associate gaming with physical exercise or physical activity um, as, as opposed to just, you know, something that they do for fun and entertainment. And if you're going to do it in any sort of competitive way, so you're going to do it whether you're performing in esports um, or whether you're doing speed running or whether you're doing some sort of challenge run or doing something for a long time, you've got to approach it with, like, with an athletic mind. So there are plenty of exercises out there you can do. There are plenty of stretches you can do. General process before doing anything. Um, so soft tissue release is a really nice thing. So that's where you would do like a hold um, and whatever stretch. Uh, and that just, you know, kind of like loosen the muscle. And you could do that for, and like honestly, so the, typically the science will say, uh, depending on where you look, of course, um, which is all opinions are my own kind of thing. Uh, two minutes is how long it takes to actually make a difference to soft muscle tissue um, in a stretch or a hold. Um, and you could do that with your entire body because if you're going to be like mashing on a controller, yeah, a lot of the, the, the power is going to come from the fingers and the thumbs, but also you're going to get stuff from the hands, you're going to get stuff from the wrist, you're going to get stuff from the forearms, you're going to get a lot from the triceps. Um, and because you've got like protagonist diagonist muscles, your biceps and triceps go against each other. So you're going to use your biceps as well. They're attached to your shoulders, attached to the chest and back, etc., etc. So you could probably get away with not doing an awful lot with your legs in terms of warming up and stretching and things like that. But you're going to be doing a heck of a lot with your upper body. Um, mm. Following that, you typically would go on to dynamic um, stretches or warm up. So dynamic just means movement. Um, so you would again, you know, start moving your hands or fingers and wrists and arms um, in a way approximate to how you would expect to be doing it when you play the game. So that's the first thing you do as your warm-up. Then you're ready to actually play the games um, and do the things. So that's something you need to do like, as you're playing. And then when you're finished, you should do a proper like cool down. So that typically is just uh, static stretches. 30 seconds, 45 seconds, you could do it for more, it's fine. Um, to then cool down because the idea is when you've used the muscle extensively blood will go where it's needed so blood goes there if you don't do any sort of cool down or stretch then blood can pull there um so for example again if i get like the running analogy if you've been running for a long time and then you don't stretch at all then blood pools uh in that area and that's where you can get problems so that's where like the things like um the blood clots and feeling bad and stuff happen or if you eat straight after you've done exercise um quite often you'll feel like sick or your tummy will go funny that's because your blood is, is like being shooting to the muscles you've been using and there's no blood to get to the stomach to help you with your digestive system um mm -hmm. and and you know that's one of those things that happens as well so one of the important things is actually preparing yourself physically anyway even just for any sort of like training session and yeah it's a hassle and yeah it's effort but if you want to take care of your body and you want to do it right that's a really really good way of doing it and people who complain about going through these these problems physically with with pain and discomfort and whatever um this is something they may not have considered may not have looked into 
um, and something mm-hmm. that can absolutely go into. So the other things that fall under the physical um, side of this, um, sleeping, it's no different from normal. You don't front load sleep for it. If you if you sleep for 12 hours, your body's not gonna say, I've got an extra you know, two or three hours of awake time. That's not really how it works. So you would just get whatever it is, just have a normal sleep. Don't think about it. You don't have to go to bed early. Um, you don't have to go and, and try and like exhaust yourself the day before so that you get like lots and lots of sleep and you'll feel more energetic because of it. Just treat it like a normal day when marathoning. Then when you're actually um, doing parts of the day as well, it's just a helpful thing just to stay busy and stay active. So in a day, you know, you'll do X amount of steps just walking about. If you've got a physically intensive job, you will do that. Those are things that your body expects to be doing day in, day out. Mm. Um, so again, if you treat it like a normal day, and let's say you walk 10,000 steps, well, you're not going to sit in your backside for the entire time. Your body's going to think, well, what's going on here? And it's going to react to that. So it is important to get up and move around. Um, and then physical exercise helps, again, just to get blood flow around the body. So if you sit down, then you're not doing an awful lot. So what happens, you know, you've got compressions going against the spine. You've got load is, is happening against your backside and the back of your legs. Um, you're sitting in a shortened position. So, I mean, you've got flexion and extension. Extension is when your body is extended out and flexion is when it's folding in on itself. Um, so if you stay in a shortened position, your hips are getting crushed like this whole time. And they're in a shortened position against between your legs and your, um, and your stomach and back and your psoas and, and, um, and, things like that and your spine's not going to be happy about it so if you get up and you stand up suddenly um you'll feel like this wonderful extension in your legs and then you can get blood flow to that so it's another thing when you know with flights you can only sit down for a certain amount of time on a flight before it stops and they say you have to get up and move around um mm. and you know the whole like again the blood clots and the deep vein thrombosis and 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 things like that because blood's not getting where it needs to and if you're just like folding your body in half you're not doing yourself any favors of getting your body there. So it's a really, uh, a lot of people go for a rule of like half and half. So like you stand for as much as you sat. And that's that's generally quite good. Um, and we'll be able to to get you going in, in a good direction to get blood flow and stay, stay healthy in that regard. Um, other things, it's just, you know, you can kind of get like a, like a nice shock to the system when you're, when you're, um, heart rate's higher, um, I find generally you feel more awake anyway. So if you do a little jog or you do some press-ups or burpees or um, whatever exercise you find, like you feel like doing, because suddenly you've got, okay, my, my heart rate's higher, then you're you know, a fit, bit more alert, a bit more awake. And that's something, again, you can do to help. Um, if I'm feeling tired, um, someone told me this most recent one, vigorously rubbing your ears is something. And I remember hearing that ages ago and I completely forgot about it. So I did that once or twice just for, you know, and, it's, and every little helps is one of these things. Um, and then this time so in previous ones i would literally wait until the point where i was tired uh i'm I'm really like like feeling it before i would take a break of any sort of sorts so the first time this happened i think i was doing maybe doing like seven to twelve um and i was like oh okay i'm just gonna i'm just gonna take a stop right now during somewhere during ff10 and i just lay down and then an hour and a half later i was like oh what's going on here um (laughs) and i and i'd taken a rest and i conked out so I was like, right, okay, um, anyway, straight back into it, finished it, and whatever, and that was a weird one. So mm. since then, for the long ones, I've had kind of like planned, um, like small breaks where I just take myself away from the whole thing. This one I said, well, the last one I took one during FF8, which is roughly the halfway point, and then like FF10 was tough and 13 was really tricky to try and get through, and then I just wasn't awake. Um, I wasn't alert enough to get through that kind of thing. So this time I planned three in it, and it was roughly every 24 hours. So after FF7, even though I'm never tired after FF7, I said, right, going to take an hour, lie down, just relax, um, take myself out of it, and then keep really good, strong, powerful, loud headphones in case I need to set an alarm to get up, and then go back into it. So I had one after FF7, I had one after FF9, and I had one after FF12. And the really nice things about that would be that 
I wasn't going to get tired during FF8 because I just had a rest beforehand. Um, mm. And then FF9, you know, it was the idea to see how that went in alongside it then i had a break after ff9 so i wasn't going to get tired during ff10 which is the one that always is the tricky one um and then having a break after ff12 meant that i was fresh for the last game of the marathon uh and the hard one which is what what hit me last time so i figured right i'll be able to get through this and this is the first marathon where i actually i don't think i got like tired like i'll say tired properly tired whatsoever um throughout the entire event and i was pretty pretty on the ball uh, i'm pretty with it the whole time like nothing happened like i didn't drop anything or lose any fights or anything go wrong um mm. because i wasn't focused or, or switched on or attentive in a week um so there's your physical side of things uh in terms of the food again you have to treat it like a normal day now there is a slight proviso where in a normal day you typically sleep and you don't eat when you're sleeping well most people don't um so how you go about that is you just have a regular uh, a regular flow of food. So the way I've gone about it, um, it's not dissimilar to how you would go through like normal diet. So every six hours, I would have a main meal. And what I would describe mm. as a main meal, so breakfast is porridge for me. And mm. again, just to make it quick, easy and simple, um, I've just, I, you know, I just got a generic you know, porridge pot that you just have to add water to. Um, you, know, you could absolutely go you know, do your overnight oats or you know, get it ready in advance and fruits and vegetables and all that kind of stuff. Um, but just, just to make it really, really simple, porridge pot and then you know add boiling water and i would have that so whenever it was morning time again just to keep this consistency and regularity so marathon started at 10 30 which meant i had breakfast at about 10 o'clock or so on the sunday so every day around that time is when i would have my breakfast meal which would be porridge six hours later main meal some sort of you know protein carbs <clears throat> vegetables um which fall under carbs but typically treated separately and fats um so that's your main meals in between you've got like kind of like snack meals if it were so i had um this one was really simple i had nuts walnuts i just like them you get whatever it doesn't matter uh nuts i had a banana um in between so every three hours uh and then i had fruit bars um so it's nice to have like fast release slow release carbs whatever you can look up stuff like that for what you want to do slow release ones are great because they give you energy like for a sustained amount of time and then fast relief give you a burst of energy at the moment so the fruit mm. bars were for quick release and the bananas were for slow release. Um, and the same with like the porridge does a good thing with slow release carbs as well. So every six hours, a main meal, every three hours. So like kind of like in between. So let me get this right to make sense of it. Every three hours, you have a meal. First three hours is like a snack type meal. And then the next three hours is a main meal. And you alternate back and forth between the two uh, until you get to the end. So the reason for doing that consistently is because your body's awake the whole time. You need to keep giving it energy. If you just have a normal day's eating and then you just don't eat from like 10 p.m. until 8 a.m. the next day, um, you, you get hungry in the same way that during the day, if you don't eat, you get hungry. Um, and you have to look at it that way. So you need to keep providing energy to your body. Uh, and I just do it consistently the whole way through. And uh, mm -hmm. one thing that people find is there's you get like maybe say somewhere between 35 and 40 hours in where I don't want to eat anymore. I've just, I've been eating the same stuff for a day and a half now straight when I would normally only have had, you know, maybe six meals at that point and you've already had more than 12. And it's really easy to say, I'm fed up. You don't get hungry. You don't want to eat or whatever, but you still need to keep fueling the burner if you want to actually make something happen out of it. So force yourself to do it. It might be unpleasant. You might not be interested in it, but you've got to maintain, um, maintain that stuff. Now, is there anything else that goes into it? So you prepare your food in advance, you have that regularly. The physical side of things that you do during the event, sleep, you just have normal sleep the night before um, and a normal sleep afterwards. You don't need to backload in the end of it as well. Um, so this idea of 
like when you do something for a long time and then you just crash um mm. just stay away from that there so uh it depends when you finish because this can be a tricky one so like if you finish your marathon at 6 a.m um that's gonna be tricky because you've got a whole day ahead of you and there's no point if you've been awake for 36 40 hours or whatever to then try and then stay awake for another 10 hours for a normal day to have a normal sleep um so if you finish earlier in the day, I would typically say have a nap for like one or two hours, then just have a normal day. You'll be fine. You'll actually be fine. Uh, and then have a normal sleep afterwards. And if you miss out on sleep at any point, um, don't just try to get it all the next day or you'll use that as an excuse or whatever. So like I'd say you go out on a Friday night and you stay out until 2 p.m. or sorry, 2 a.m. and you normally go to bed at 10 p.m. You've lost <clears throat> four hours sleep don't then just add on four hours sleep to your saturday just get a little bit more on saturday a little bit more on sunday and then gradually win yourself back down to the normal sleeping that you've got and i think that pretty much should cover everything that you need to have a successful stay awake for a long time event i think what's the most interesting is that i think people who don't know much about these kinds of events might assume have assumptions that maybe all night gaming sessions do involve lots of takeaway food and a lot of maybe coffee is coffee do you do you use coffee to stay awake i presume not right yeah that's so that's 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 a that's a no-go you can but um not to stay awake so um the problem with that is it's supposed to be a short release um idea and coffee is you know it's it's great for alertness so um Here's a fun one. So caffeine affects, uh, I'm pretty sure it's your prefrontal cortex. And then your uh, recreational drugs affect your rear cortex. And the, the front cortex is the, 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 does your like regular routine database, um, you know, functional information, you know, so you'll be able to work well on, you know, like spreadsheets and, and rallying things. And then, then your creative um, or uh, recreational drugs help your creative side of things. So if you want to, paint pictures or use a, a dog to create art on a canvas um you'll probably have a lot more of a of a, a creative time doing that so for something like this i mean this is intensely like a, like a technical exercise there's very little creativity that comes into a speed run you're supposed to be just following exercises so for the the period of time where the caffeine hits your body that will have a positive impact on you being able to focus on the direct work that you're doing but then you typically have a crash that's associated um mm. with having caffeine um and the same could be said for if you have recreational drugs um, and that, you know, you, you take it and you feel great in the moment. And then once it wears off, boom, you have a hit. And if you do that in a marathon when you've been, you're staying awake for a long time, then you've got a decision to make. So now, now that I'm in a worse position than I was before I took the caffeine, do I then try and ride this out and see if it works? Or do I take more caffeine and try and get the same boost yeah. again and maintain that? And you can't, you cannot maintain that. So I just stay away from that altogether to, to mm. stop the hassle. I try to just find more, more natural, if you will, uh, ways to stay awake um, for the event. So I, I don't do that, but I can tell you in the early marathons before I, I got a lot into the or trying to get into the, like the science and medical and uh, and proper ways that things work like so the, the first way was when i was really 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 tired then i would just and i'll go boom coffee and i'll have like a, a cup of coffee it's like oh i still feel tired another cup of coffee and, you know i might have had two three four cups of coffee um to try and get me through the last 15 hours of a marathon um then later on i was like i'll do it regularly so like i was like if i you know once i get to 24 hours then i'll have a cup of coffee and that'll help me out um and and since I've just completely phased it out. One time I thought I'll just try it without, and I was like, eh, it's fine. So I, I don't do I do not have coffee at all. There was one that was really really funny. Um, well, it was funny for me. I think I was doing like it was like six to twelve or five to twelve, and I got um I got like halfway into twelve and there was a minute break, and I was like, I would really like to taste coffee. I wasn't thinking for one. I wasn't like I'm really tired. I really I was like 
I'm really in the mood for a coffee. So I had literally like three <laughs> hours left of the run. Like there was, it was, I wasn't struggling or anything like that. I was like, I'm just going to have a coffee. But uh, so since then, I no, haven't had anything. Um, and the most recent one, uh, I had three cups of tea. Now, you know, you, you can absolutely put an argument out there that, you know, well, tea's got caffeine in it too. And it does. Um, and then it's something to do with what's it like? Dry tea has got exactly the same amount of caffeine, if not more than coffee. But when it's in a liquid, it's got less. Um, fun stuff to look about. But I mean, I, I don't I don't consider a cup of tea to be like a real caffeine booster or anything. I'm actually like, you know what? Sometimes I like a cup of tea. So um, mm. so I think I think I had like a cup, cup of tea at the start of each day just for whatever. But it didn't, didn't affect anything whatsoever. Um, so yeah, don't don't go for the energy drink. Don't go for the caffeine boost so no i would not recommend that um yeah the association that it's it's junk food um and then another thing like alcohol intake and stuff like that um the people some like so when you like for an all-nighter for example like if, if you go mm. to that 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 stereotypical thing like for me like if someone's like all night gaming the thing i go to is someone who's wearing a headset who's got like a bag of cheetos um <laughs> um and then they've got like a blanket that they're wiping the cheetos on you know and then like a bottle of energy energy juice drink or something like that beside like that's like that stereotypical unfair image um that like i think mm-hmm. i would go to and that some people might have with that um so like the the psa that i would do for this kind of thing of like oh it's really dangerous to do that or you know oh i can only do an all-nighter if i do x or y um there are there are better ways to go about it for sure than others so like i would absolutely not take any alcohol i would not smoke any cigarettes um and i certainly wouldn't go for energy drinks or coffee and stuff like that and snack food um no that's not to say you can't have snacks during it but like you do not replace um those nutrient dense foods with snack foods so you're not going to be <clears throat> you're not going to be getting your carbs from like biscuits and chocolate and sweets and crisps and stuff like that that's not a good way to go about it and like i said they are fast release so you're going to burn out and then what more it's like one of those things where like if you go for a McDonald's, you're like, oh, this McDonald's is really tasty and I feel great. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, I could eat another McDonald's. Um, you know, th- th- the food's designed that way, you know, not yeah. not to like keep you full for a long time. So you always feel more full for longer when, when you've had like, quote unquote, a proper meal, you know, but like like home cooked proper mm-hmm. ingredients rather than, than fast foods and shortcuts and things like that. Um, and then the whole idea, there's another thing that a lot of people rightly so have this idea of like oh my gosh this is so dangerous you shouldn't do it stop now and things like that um and you, know, you, you try your best to read that as someone is concerned for my well-being and i should appropriately deal with it um and the more you <laughs> the more you see it you have to really be like it's like it's fine i know what i'm doing i'll be okay um because you know it's like, it's like anything when someone's just like do this do this do this this is bad this is bad but you're like it's not leave me alone let me just get on with it um <laughs> So try to be nice about it. But you know, th- those things will have like a massive impact on it. So the reason why people crash when they try to do 24-hour streams or 24-hour anything or all-nighters and stuff um, is large to do with their preparation and going about it the wrong way while they do it. Um, so, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, someone died when they did a 24-hour stream or whatever. And then you look at the details of what they did during that 24-hour period and then you can say, well, that's maybe not necessarily the kind of person who should be doing that. So if you smoke 20 cigarettes a day, mm-hmm that's not a really good physical position to be in in your terms of your bodily health to be trying to to stay awake for a long time and another thing that's really obvious um before doing any sort of like endurance type of thing go to your doctor and say this is something i want to do am i healthy enough mm-hmm. to, to do that and and they'll be able to help you out with that and if you're smoking a lot or you drink a lot of alcohol or um you know whatever the things are that you do in your body or if you've got a medical condition um that that will hamper you in any way go and ask someone about it a medical professional um 
before just trying it, before just doing something, and then before telling other people they shouldn't do it. Um, because if you don't have all the information and you don't have all that like ready and knowledge and good to go, then maybe you shouldn't be informing other people of what they should and shouldn't be doing. So it's, it's, it really is a knowledge-based thing and it's good to have, but yeah, so. I think one of the things I wanted to ask you about as well is um, because you do, obviously it's a stream, so you have people going into chat and sometimes they might be, um, you know, f fairly friendly, but occasionally somebody might be giving you advice where it's not warranted or being a little bit um, brash. And maybe I know personally when I've not had enough sleep, I'm more irritable. Do you find that that sort of thing is affected or do you find that you, through doing it in a more healthy manner, you've been able to also modulate your moods and not, um, yeah, become, um, what's the hangry version of not having enough sleep? <laughs> yeah, it gets easier over time, I think is, is the biggest thing for me. So I very, very unfondly will say remember this so the first time i did seven eight nine ten twelve i was quite new to 12 at the time it's a very difficult run lots of complicated things to do uh and the final dungeon should take about 30 minutes and i had been doing that final dungeon for two hours um because i just couldn't beat that couldn't beat the last three bosses i just couldn't do it uh, i could couldn't do the inputs and stay with that and whatever um and yeah i mean if you've got a lot of people here, here, there, like trying to throw advice your way, that can be tough because the, the first thing is when someone says who you've never met before, you should do this. You know, you instantly go to your, your, your fight or flight thing. It's like, I don't know you. You shouldn't be telling me what to do. And then, you know, you've got uh, instantly there's a negative response that, that, that's, that's already there waiting to go. Um, so that's, that's a tricky one to, to try and deal with in a positive way. If it's someone you respect and you know and you've spoken to and they say you should be doing this because you've already had that positive emotional relationship, then your body and your mind treats it differently. You think, okay, I'll listen to what they've got to say. Uh, and then that escalates and that scales. So if you've got one person who's saying, hey, you should try that, you're like, then you know, you've got time for your, your, your mind to go, okay, let's think about it. Okay, that could be a good idea. Thank you for that. I'll try it. Or no, that's really stupid. I'm not going to do that, but thank you for your input. If you've got 50 people doing that and they're all saying, mm. do something different, try something, whatever, and you've got that, that's really hard to process anyway. Like even like at full cognitive ability and you've just woken up and you've had all your normal prep for the day, you've been awake for an hour and then 50 people come at you and tell you, you should be doing this and or try it this way, do the other thing, you know, even at that state, that's going to be hard to deal with. Um, and it's not nice and pleasant to try and do. Um, but the more you do it, the more you get used to it and, and the easier it gets. And that was one where I didn't deal with it. Um, so I was doing I was doing 12 and I yelled at everyone. And I was just like, and it was, it was something to the effect of, if you don't run this game, if you don't know the run and you don't have a better time than me in this game, don't say anything. Um... <laughs> And it was just, I just, I just couldn't hack it because it was, it was, I knew that there were things that I wasn't doing, but I didn't know what they were and I didn't know how to handle it. And I didn't know what to do with it. And there were, there were, you know, really good runners of the game in chat who were trying to help. And I was losing what they were saying because of, of other mm -hmm. people who were just like, just going wild um, in between that. And there's no way for me at that time to parse that and uh, and and separate those and to try and get the information that i needed from it um and it's only gotten easier since then the only thing that i could say is just really know what you're doing so that you don't have to second guess yourself um or having that there so yeah it's it's tough to, to have someone backseating especially what's supposed to be something that you're supposed to you know technically you know, be an authority on or have the knowledge of and ability to do but sometimes you will miss things and sometimes there's stuff you don't know. And, and if you're new to something like I'm really new to 13, I've only done maybe five runs of it mm -hmm. or something like that. So there's stuff that I'm going to mess up. And 
and you not you should be relying on other people to help you with it but if you've got that that circle of people who are who are real positive influence and know things and can help you with it they're really good to have around um but i have i i just i have found that it just hasn't really happened that much the, the main thing that mm. i get not like now from doing these is people just saying about the whole sleep thing and staying awake uh very rarely do people try and tell me what to do with the game and how to go about it and whatever but uh another thing is like you know there are different ways that you can look at stuff so a stream has got the wonderful flexibility of you could watch a stream as if it was a tv show and some people stream as if it is a tv show um and you can just sit there and watch it and you don't have to look at chat you don't have to talk to chat you don't have to talk to the streamer at all and you can just watch content and it doesn't actually matter what someone's streaming even if it's designed to be interactive content you can just watch it and that's a wonderful thing uh, and i have a personal gripe with the term lurker um because that's just someone who's watching a stream you know they're not trying to avoid speaking they're not trying to hide away from chat or anything out there they're just choosing to sit and watch a stream and sometimes you know if i'm lying in bed and i'm watching it on my phone it's not an ideal platform to be talking to people and typing and stuff like that um mm. or if i'm really tired or i've come in from work and i'm like you know i just want to chill out and watch something and i don't want to watch tv i'm just going to watch a stream and you can you you do it as that where and then you can have an interactive stream where the goal is you know you're sitting there talking to people in chat um or talking to the stream or you're asking questions and bits and pieces like that um and that can you know impact how that goes uh for the experience as well so if you do a long stream like this i think people are more more inclined to just watch it as a viewing experience rather than get involved with it uh, which is weird because if you're just doing a single speed run people will typically get involved and ask you questions or whatever but when you do a whole bunch mm -hmm. of them um lots of people are watching it who aren't necessarily super interested in the game maybe or super interested in the speed run but they're just like this is a really cool experience um and you know it's it's easier just to sit back and watch that. So I think the more I've done it, and the longer the games are, um, the less kind of like nitty people get about it. Um, and I think a lot more people kind of just uh, are watching and enjoying the experience rather than trying to get their own two cents on the experience and and things like that. So yeah, take take your time, mm -hmm. try to think it through, react in a way that is that is appropriate and suitable to the environment that you're in. But yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not nice to be not nice to people, and there are definitely ways to go about it. Um, and I guess one of the one of the really nice things that I've had, seeing as I am you know, a secondary school teacher, is behavior management is a huge thing in schools. And, you know, it's it's a huge thing um, mm. to have in, in any working environment. You know, when you're in a, a position of authority, and the more strategies that you have, and the more ways you have to deal with something, um, the better it is. I had a really funny one actually in this event where someone someone posted ASCII art. Um, so ASCII art's when you basically take characters that you can type on a on a keyboard and make images out of it. Um, mm. People love. This is one of these things where like you know, no matter where you are, at some point you're going to come across someone who bears you ill will, and they might post an inappropriate picture in chat using like ASCII art or they might do a link to something unsuitable or there might be a bot that's trying to promote something or whatever um and this was one where it was like i don't know what time it was maybe three o'clock in the morning where i am in the uk um and none of the moderators that i have in my chat were there and someone posted an inappropriate image and i'm sitting trying to focus on a game um and and typically that's the kind of thing that just get instantly deleted and they get banned and then you don't think about it again uh, and we weren't really in a position to do that and people were like uh and <laughs> I was I was just like oh, for, just for whatever reason I was like I was like hey and then like I called like the guy the, the person's using it right and I was like I was like I was like can you not do it again and if you're gonna do it again can you just like do it somewhere else and typically typically those those people like it, if it's a bot they don't do anything or if it's somebody just trying to like troll your chat and just have a laugh and whatever um they typically just go away and and do it and he literally was like okay <laughs> and I was like I was like. <laughs> great because <laughs> he, he, he didn't get banned no one flamed him no one was like yelling like profanities or anything or anything like that or, or trying to tell him to go away that was probably the, the funniest situation of like i was like that worked really well um where like normally it's you know you just you kind of get rid of the the poison 
and and don't have to worry about it again um but yeah there are definitely ways you can go about about stuff and handling things things like that but the more people there are the more intense the situation is the harder it is to deal with and you need to find a way that works for you uh and if you know some people might get overwhelmed with it who aren't as maybe as, as confident or sure about things um and you you're gonna have a tough time and you've got to find a way to do that and if you're someone who reacts really um on the cuff of things so as soon as someone comes at you or something you've, you're ready to fight back um you need to find a way to do it because at the end of the day everyone needs to make it to the end of this thing um you know and whether you're friends with everyone or whether you hate everyone at the end of it you got to find a way to do, to deal with it if they're going to be there with you as you do it yeah i'm relatively new to using twitch myself I've, I've streamed a couple of times but i don't do it on any sort of regular basis but um playing games and interacting with the chat is something that i am still getting used to even when people are like super friendly <laughs> um so you've mentioned that you're a secondary school teacher um and I have people in my family who are teachers in the UK and I know there's a lot of preparation work, a lot of planning that you have to do. Um, how do you balance um, how demanding the job as a teacher is in the UK with being a streamer, especially given that there are a lot of people nowadays who do streaming either as some sort of um, maybe not that well paid, but as a full time job? are um younger people who are like people who are still in education and maybe can just not turn up to lectures and just stream all day instead yep. how do you how do you handle the balance there um it's really difficult and that's not to say that it's harder i would encourage anyone to do it uh i think i'm possibly in a more unique position than others um so my typical teaching work day seven o'clock to seven o'clock 12 hour day um so uh you know i'm it's let's say relatively high up in the in the position that I'm at, and it requires a lot of time to do that, and it absolutely does. And you can go about it different ways. So there's some people when they're in teaching, they'll they'll work. You know, you you have to be in in the morning anyway. So t most teachers get in about eight o'clock in the morning, um, to get to go through their emails, sort whatever they need to before, um, like the first meeting or before that to start teaching in the day. That's typical practice. Then in theory, you could probably leave at four o'clock in the afternoon, and that's assuming that you don't have to do anything after you've taught all your lessons, um, and if you can find me a teacher that doesn't have to do anything after their day's finished of teaching, then get me that school because that would be incredible. Um, but then you've got to gauge what do you do with your time. So you could go home and you could do work at home um, or you can stay in school and you can try and bash stuff out there or the stuff that you could probably leave until the weekend. So let's say um, you've got lessons to plan and you've got to teach however many year groups over how many ages or however many lessons in a, in a week um, and you could plan that at the weekend. That's going to take a chunk of time. You could plan that in your day. You could do it at home. You could do it in work. Um, and there's different things you can go about with how, how efficient you are with that. So when you're at home, you've got plenty of things at home that you would typically have as casual things or fun things that can distract you. So you might think, oh, I'll do an hour's work and then I'll sit and watch one episode of whatever TV show or whatever thing for 30 minutes and then do an hour's work and go back and forth like that. Well, that's going to be less efficient than if you just sit down and just get on with your work. And people who have a really good business ethic, particularly um, people who are self-employed uh, or people who own or run a business uh, and they're really high up. These are great people to have a conversation with because how efficient they are at some points gets scary. Uh, and some of them need to do that actually just mm -hmm. to be able to maintain their job and maintain their business. <clears throat> and when it's when it's make or break, it's not a decision you even have to make. You just do it. Um, and then it becomes mm. habit, like habitual for them. And then you can have that same thing as well. So this idea of having like zero distractions. So um, if you want to be really efficient with your workflow, and this is not to say that I do this all the time because I certainly don't. It's really hard to maintain. I might say, right, well, I'm just going to, you know, I've got lessons to plan or I've got marking to do or I've got, 
things, whatever that I need to put on whatever system that I use. Um, so no phone, no other tabs on my internet browser, no social media, no other people or whatever, just me, only the program that I need or software, whatever thing I need to do to do my work. I'm just going to blast through it and not even think about it and not stop. Um, I'm not going to go off for a toilet. Well, I need a toilet, go for a toilet break, but I'm not going like, to go and get a cup of tea. I'm not going to go and speak to these other members of staff or anything like that. I'm just going to go and get on with it. And you can you can go about it that way and you will be surprised. And everyone is always surprised with how much work you can do when you put your mind to it. And that is a really weak statement because put your mind to it. What does that mean? It doesn't have any sort of tangible meaning whatsoever, but a really effective way to go about it is whatever work you need to complete, only have that work available in front of you get rid of all other distractions that you possibly can and just do it focus only on that work and complete that work and you can get an awful lot done then the thing comes on to i've now done my day of work what do i do i'm gonna rest i'm gonna relax that's what a majority of people will do it doesn't matter what job it is if you work a nine-to-five job or if you're teaching or if you work in construction or whatever typically you know i've done the work yeah so whatever it is whether i do it for money whether i do it for satisfaction or whatever i've now done the physical or mental or, or social part of my day that is in included within work then you go home and say well i can do whatever i want now so you can sit and you can watch tv you can go and hang with your friends and stuff like that um as someone who works full-time as a teacher and wants you know and just and streams um and i guess you could argue that i would i stream the the equivalent of full-time um but i don't do it as my main source of income so that's another one where you can get twisty with the wording of things like are you a full-time streamer well arguably i stream as much as any other full-time streamer might do um in a week but it's not my main source of income and that's the thing that i decide to do when i go home so let's say i get home at 7 30 or 8 o'clock well i need to have dinner i need to eat and then it's like right well what do i do now well i could sit and do nothing um or or just hang out talk to people i could watch streams uh, or i could watch stuff on youtube or tv or anything like that um and that's when you just you make the choice um so i sit down and i have food and then I'm going to stream and then my, my goal on weeknights is to stream for three hours a day um, and this is the stuff where I cannot at all as a good human being advocate at all doing this um, because if I start my stream at nine o'clock that means I finish at midnight if I start my stream any later than that you know we're going into the early hours of the morning and you cannot in a good conscience say that you should do that or that is a good thing to do get a good night's sleep get into work for seven o'clock or eight o'clock the next day and have a productive day during your main job which is arguably where most of your attention needs to be so it's a kind of thing where i mean it's horrible but i say i just do it because lots of people are like how can you possibly stream full like how can you how can you work full-time in school and then and then stream every day you just do it uh and you and you mm-hmm. get used to it and that's that's the kind of thing where um you just have to to stop thinking and and just and just go for something am i tired yes do i care nope i'm just gonna do it um and that's <laughs> like you you cannot go in with that because you can have good and bad days with any job you've got and you can say oh i just don't feel like it today um and if nothing's riding on it that's totally fine you, know, you can pick and choose things but it's like, with with anything in life expectation and consistency are the things that everyone wants to have in life you've got to be consistent and lay out your expectations and it doesn't matter what it is so if i say i'm going to stream five times a week and i stream three times a week i have not followed up with the expectations i've set of myself and what everyone expects me to do and i'm not providing a consistent platform for people to be able to watch um or interact with me on that i've said i have therefore why should people do it what's the point so this is the really this is this is a tricky one this is great if you say that you stream every day from this hour to this hour that is setting up really really tough expectations on yourself if you say you know because there's lots of things you go if you go to your stream channel and you look you look at the schedule and it'll be like you know i stream i typically stream five days a week i normally start at this time 
all right, so you've set up some expectations, quite easy to maintain. And if they don't do it, you know they've already set it out, right? If you set specific starting times day in, day out, you really got to back that up because people will uh, people will flame you for that. You know, and the last thing you want to be doing is mm-hmm. going on the back foot and saying, sorry, I couldn't do it because of this. And, and trying to like backpedal to explain what things have happened. And sometimes life gets in the way and sometimes stuff changes. And that, you know, you can't get away from that. But if, if you're unreliable a majority of the time, or even if you've only set like, actually upheld your the expectations you've laid out there 70 percent of the time you're an unreliable person and and you would you should not be surprised when people don't treat you as if you've been reliable and consistent and and the person that you said that you're going to be and it's not like a personal like like a, a personality thing or you as like your moral fiber or anything like that but you've not done what you said you were mm-hmm. going to do so you've got to just do it and you've got there's sometimes you've got to just put everything else away from it and, and stop thinking and worrying about it yeah, so I th- I think like um, with anybody who's doing a full-time job and then something with gaming on the side, which is really common to be honest because a lot of the gaming stuff just isn't that well paid. Um, there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, keeping a healthy balance, but in a way you can talk yourself into thinking you need to have your eight hours, nine hours of work a day and then you have to stop, otherwise you're going to burn out. And sometimes the self-talk of, I'm going to burn out, I'm going to burn out, I'm going to burn out, actually just makes things worse. So sometimes just getting on with it is kind of the key within within moderation. I mean, everybody needs breaks now and then, but sometimes doing extra work beyond your work day, as long as you're enjoying it, is not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, the, the one thing I would say to that, this is, I don't remember who told me this, um, but a lot of people will go on about being overworked or mm. over stress, stressed or over this out there. Um, the way he looked at it, he said, it said, I don't feel like I'm overworked. I feel like I'm under recovered. I think that's mm. a really nice way to go about it. So instead of, instead of saying, oh, you know, I streamed for 10 hours last night. Therefore, I'm only going to stream for three hours because you know because i did so much it's like well no no you, you've got to rest out of in between so you're ready to do it and this is this is from like a training like a physical exercise point of view it was like you know like oh i'm going to take the next day off because i worked out so hard today and it's like well no maybe you just need a bit more time for your body to recover before doing it so you're not you haven't overworked your body you just haven't recovered enough to be able to work at that capacity again and you, mm-hmm. you could burn out and that's how like what i do at the capacity that i do i think for a lot of people is, is mental it's manic it's it's not sustainable um and i don't know how i do it because it's just normal for me now um but Mm -hmm. you you everyone will need to find a balance that works for them and one thing i would say is if you're working a full-time job and you want to become a full-time streamer and you want that to be your main source of income there are ways to go about it that are more practical than others don't assume that you can maintain an eight-hour working day and then an eight-hour stream every single day and take you know one or two days off in a week and you're going to be able to come out the other end totally fine because of it and i've seen plenty Mm. of people who have gone ham on that with a full-time job uh and tried to go full-time streaming at the same time and they have burned and they have crashed and they don't do it anymore like that's the same Mm. with anything you can put yourself under a workload where you do so much and don't give yourself any time to recover because of it that you cannot maintain it and your body gives up or your mind gives Mm. up um so definitely think about it if you want to if you want to work towards it have a battle plan make it realistic and do not stress about whether it takes you one year to do it or five years to do it but make sure you do it in a way that's manageable to keep your your body in good health and your mind in good health because Mm. the last thing you want to do is say i finally made it as a full-time streamer i'm gonna be so happy whatever and then suddenly your mind's like nope 
and then you crash and then you don't stream for a week or two, you lose everything. And then suddenly you're back to square one and you've got nothing to, you know, nothing mm. to show for and go for there. So it's tricky. I mean, most people will just say, don't go full time until you have to, or something along those lines where like, if you're in a position with your casual streaming schedule or your normal streaming schedule, where suddenly you've got enough to comfortably make it, that's the time to do it. You can certainly build towards it, but I would never just, you know, pull the plug on a full-time job or any sort of stable income, you know, from something that wasn't streaming until I was absolutely sure that I could comfortably do that. So instead of forcing it, let it happen and, and make it more towards the matter of necessity, becoming a mm. streamer full-time rather than this would be a really, really cool thing to do because you do not want to be struggling with something that you're self-employed with or something that doesn't necessarily have stability within that. And Twitch definitely doesn't necessarily grant you stability and being self-employed, which is arguably mm. what you are, even though it's partnership with Twitch will not get you that. So going back to how the, um, just just for a little bit, how you set up the, um, the marathon, I was looking at the times at the top of your overlay when it says how long it's taken you for each game. And surprise, surprise, it's the same with the Persona games, which I know a lot more about, that um, the, as it goes along the series, they get longer and longer. Would it ever, in your opinion, I mean, this might defeat the point of the whole marathon that it goes from like 1 to 13, but would it, from a strategic point of view, would it be any better for you to start with 13 and go backwards? Or do you think that would be a tougher time for you? Well, this this is a really common question I get all the time. when oh, okay. people <laughs> when, peop, when people see me struggling later on, they're like, oh, why don't you just put this game early on? Um, no, it, it depends on what you're doing with how this goes. So uh, I could give you a brilliant example for this. Um, Final Fantasy 1 to 13 is actually paced really, really nicely in chronological order um, as far as the speed run is concerned. So the reason for that is uh, 1, 2, and 3 all have what we call a step count. And a step count is basically where you move on the screen at any given point will it impact things that happen in the game. And for the early games, every single step matters. So... The way to look at it is, so do I want to be like fully awake and cognitive um, to be able to count really intricate steps for a run for like maybe 10 hours? Or do I want to be 60 hours in trying to make every single input that I do on my on my movement and step um, correct? The obvious answer is you do that at the start. So then you take away, then you have to take the converse of that. It says, right, well, let's think about the things that I have to do in the later games, like 12 and 13. So 12 and 13 are arguably some of the most uh, like intensive runs and most technically challenging runs mm. but ff13 has got a retry function uh so ah. if you if you lose to a fight start retry and you go back to the fight you don't have to go to your save you don't have to go back ages or anything so it's arguably the most forgiving game and that there's no step count so my movement doesn't have to be precise to the step yes it's got dodges where i have to like maneuver around enemies but i can just retry that dodge again or some of them i can just fight and, you know and it's, it's slower but it's not as bad as if something had gone wrong with my step count necessarily with something mm -hmm. earlier um and then again you know 12 has got you know lots of precise things and lots of things you have to do but you can pause 12 at any point and check what you're doing and then go back into it and things so there's there's good reference in, in the weight system of the battles which is the hardest thing moving around in 12 really isn't that bad most of the time there's only a couple of areas where you you know if you if you lose your way or you you were to doze off and you were just running around a map screen where an enemy would just kill you that can happen so you know you just have to not do that um but it's it's paced actually really nicely i mean yes it's really easy to say why don't you put ff10 at the front because it's the longest run and it's the easiest mm. run where like like i said about five six hours maybe even more are unskippable cutscenes where you can't do anything that's a really low energy game um mm. and i don't want to be 
sitting there doing very little and setting that that expectation of my body to sit and not have to mash fast and not have to move really precisely for a 10-hour game to then go straight into it for other ones you know i want to i want to save the easy stuff to the end so you could arguably do you know you could do 10 at the end because it is the most um the most straightforward of of all the runs but then you're just sitting there and it's not it's not a very exciting end either and it's nice to have an exciting end um i find which is a, that's a horrible reason to put something at the end by the way you know don't just put something at the end because it's flashy and cool it just works out the way but no it's it's honestly paced really nicely one two and mm. three i've got you know really really precise movement that you've got to do the fights aren't super challenging um and there's a lot of like luck that goes into certain parts of those. With four, five, and six, four does have a step, uh, a step route to it. The fights are fairly straightforward. They're a little more technical, so it does step it up in the battle side of things. But steps are still there. Five, you've got a step count that you have to adhere to. And the, the nice thing about five is it's actually quite forgiving if you do go off the steps. You can still get a fast time, and there are lots of recoveries um, or backups rather that you can do um, with something. Six is only an hour long, so it doesn't matter where you put it. Mm. And then you then you get into like what you know arguably are the, the meat and potatoes. But the thing is, if you take away all the un skippable cutscenes of 70 at 9 10 12 13 it would reduce this like the runtime of of, of of it quite quite significantly but seven has got less steps that you have to worry about the one two three four five um so it is like eight nine and ten and then most of eight you could do without the steps or even losing the steps fairly early on where it's, it's relatively inconsequential obviously a top runner would argue completely without there but in the long term of things not too bad and you can work around that and it's honestly pretty fine nine doesn't have any sort of step count at all uh and nine you can mash with two buttons instead of one um hmm. to get through text boxes and then ten's quite straightforward so i mean 1 to 13 is actually, as far as I'm concerned, paced ideally to do in, mm. in sequential order. Uh, a game series that is absolutely not lending itself to that is Dragon Quest. Um, mm. So there's a there's another streamer out there called High Spirits, uh, and he's, he's done like, similar marathons. In fact, his uh, most recent marathon was 87 hours, um, mm. and that was Dragon Quest 1 through 11. And he mm. did... There were two things, because... Um, he tried it um, oh, like months ago, um, maybe even like a year ago, um, before the most recent attempt. Um, I think he got to the last game, maybe the last game or two, uh, and he had to stop. Um, and there were two things he said about it. Well, number one was, I need to get better at the games that I'm doing so I can get a faster time to be able to complete this. And he said, what, he, said he wouldn't consider it until he definitely was better at the games. But the other thing was, the order of the games wasn't, optimal to be able to get through it so if you look at whatever he does his 1d11 marathon of dragon quest like they're completely out of sequential order he said because he left a game that was really rng heavy rng just being random elements that you don't control um towards the end with a really precise step count and he said he just he just couldn't couldn't hack it at that point um and that's why he's he's you know put that earlier so he's he specifically spaced them out and you know not numerical order whatsoever just to make it easier on him um to get mm. through that um so no it's quite easy, quite lucky for me um and i have it on good authority that 15 is actually oh i shouldn't say easy someone might get offended <laughs> if i say their 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 game's an easy speed run 15 is a relatively straightforward run and again it's got a feature where you can just stop everything and go so i think you know adding that on afterwards is going to be a really simple kind of like no okay simple is not the not a word at all but like to, to tag on that would be an ideal game um mm. it's certainly not a game changer for whether or not i would have to reorder things um 11 and 14 however 
as mm-hmm. as MMOs, that could definitely have a, a massive impact on things. But the reason we don't talk about 11 and 14 is because 11 for the category that I would have to do for the, the marathon is currently a nine hour record and 14 is 14 hours 30. Uh, so, not yeah. good. But no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, running FFs in order actually is quite good as a, as a speed run activity. Mm. Yeah, I think... For me, it was, um, I don't have a huge amount of experience with Final Fantasy beyond I finished 15 and I got a good chunk of the way through 13. And I struggled with the paradigm shifting um, because it's it's so, the timing on some of, for example, I think it's the Prime Minister boss. Um, I kept failing that over and over again because I just kept um, missing my paradigm shifting and not doing it at the right time. So for me, the idea of doing that without enough sleep is sounds impossible. But <laughs> as you've already we've already discussed, you've got ways of of combating the feeling of being tired. So I guess it's probably not a big deal. And also, you've practiced a lot more with getting the shifting correct and having all your setups correct. So one final question that I have is to do with the fact that you not only do marathon runs but you also obviously do the individual games and you've got a race coming up at ESA summer 2019 of 10-2 um what's that like as a speed run because it's not in your marathon lineup but um clearly you must like it enough to run it as an individual game regardless yeah 10-2 is mega it's super good um it's kind of like it's got all the best features of all the all the different games that you could possibly want. So, um, really nice things about the ten two speed run. It um, so it doesn't have a step count, which you know it, you can like or dislike them. It doesn't really matter. But most of the three D games don't have a step count because it'd be really hard to kind of implement like running and walking on a three D uh, a three D field um, with mm. depth in it. So that's just not a thing. So encounters aren't based on that. And you get like a no encounter armor really early on where you don't even have to worry about random encounters anyway. So you can just get through that. Um, but it handles really nicely. 10's got a huge problem with movement um, that you're never probably going to experience casually. But um, try it at some point. So go to an area in Final Fantasy X where you can just hold one direction and go through multiple screens. And I guarantee within a screen or two, Titus will start running in the wrong direction. Um <laughs> So the problem with that is that the, the game, I don't really know exactly how it works. The game remembers what direction you were holding um, and then it kind of like forces that when you go into a screen. So like if you're running up to leave one screen and the next screen you need to hold right to go in the correct direction and you hold right, it remembers that you were holding up and it keeps running up. <laughs> and it's uh... like, so there are ways to mitigate that. Um, but if you watch like Final Fantasy X runs, you quite often see like the, the runner will like keep jerking Titus in certain directions. Um mm to try and maintain or somewhere you can switch between analog and d-pad and stuff 10 is not like that 10 is reliable for the most part i think a couple of times it might happen but it's not like 10 is awful for that i sometimes in 10 i just wait and then when i see the screen load i'm like no i can move the way i want to um but the movement's really crisp it's really responsive the battle system's incredible people often praise 10 for having the, one of the best battle systems of final fantasy so it's still got um so it's called atb or active battle system or active time battle i think is what it stands for um so you can, if you press X to go in the submenu, everything stops. Um, and that gives you time to think about things and react to it. Um, but it's super dynamic uh, and it's really crisp. And then you've got the, the 
dress fears in it which aren't massively important to the, the run you need to get certain ones um to optimize but then you know, you're switching through that which is one thing you have to go through then you're you know, spamming spells really quickly and then you've also got really nice timing between going between certain characters and the switch between characters is really crisp and really fast so it's not like you press triangle to switch to the next character and then it takes like half a second or a second you know to get on to that it's so responsive and so crisp um it feels really really nice and it's really fast paced mm-hmm. to go through as well um and then you've also got things you've got multiple characters and multiple enemies who can like work dynamically against things so it's not a case of um you know they all go in the same order in the same turn everyone moves at the same speed um that's not the case at all you can have individual characters going faster and slower and enemies who go against each other and sometimes they'll help each other and buff each other or debuff you or um attacking various things and individual attacks and aoe's um and it's really dynamic as an experience um there's a cool thing you've got early on where you can do where you can just um like infinitely stagger an enemy so they don't get an attack off at all and it's just got a really really cool fun battle system it's a nice run because it's only four hours long and i know that i just said only and then four <laughs> hours but for a, for a playstation based era uh final fantasy game that's actually not too bad for the speed run and it's dynamic mm. the whole way through it's paced super well um because some of the final fantasies in fact most of the playstation final fantasies you've got a chunk that might be 40 minutes or an hour where arguably nothing happens there's mm. one there's like there's bits of like each game where you're just sitting there and you're just mashing the confirm button you could go away put a turbo controller and just have it continue to do that and you wouldn't miss <laughs> anything um for that chunk of time which is awful and sometimes that's really you know there's there's no downtime in Tantu. it's got skippable cutscenes. people love skippable cutscenes because no one wants to watch those um so that's one of the reasons why the later final fantasies are faster than the playstation era because like, we want to have really cool impressive fmvs um and cinematics and scenes where people can be like oh my gosh look how incredible this this console is look at these visuals um and when you want to speed run you're like that's a minute break that i can't do anything about guess mm-hmm. i'll just sit and wait for that to finish um and once we got to the PS2 era, that's when they started introducing cutscene skips. Um, so Ten Two has got has got that, so you can skip through the animatics that you don't want to watch. So it's really really dynamic, and that, that helps add to that as well, which is really good. And and it's a, it's just it's fun. The music's quality. It's really upbeat, lively. It's not super serious. So I mean, you definitely don't get bogged down on like how severe the story is, even though there's some serious themes that are going on. Um, there's lots of color in the game. Like like if you look at FF12 and you play that casually, mm. the first hour and a half two hours maybe more of that you're literally running through a desert the whole time um and you can say whatever the colors are muted in, in 12 there are some vibrant colors and they're definitely there are places where you get to you're like whoa that's awesome but <laughs> it starts off super muted so if you're really fussy about that you know like that's another thing so it's, it's it's fun to look at and you go to a lot of different places um and even when you go to a repeat place you go to different areas and things so it's kind of got it's got the whole package, but I think the thing about Ten Two is probably about how dynamic it is as a speed game, um, and even as a casual casual experience. Um, and it is fun; it doesn't take itself too seriously, um, and that, that's that's probably where the enjoyment comes from. Um, is there a reason why I wouldn't main it as a game or speed run it all the time compared to the other ones? No, there, there's no good reason not to run Ten Two uh, and not to even run it like seriously as a game um, versus other ones. Uh, I think it just comes down to the main reason why I don't is because I've got all these other games to do, and it, there there came a point where I was like, it's fun to run multiple games at the same time. I enjoy it. I did it for a bit of fun, um, but I also had a main speed speed game that I focused on with leaderboard times um, to try and climb that and get really good times with at the same time. And then it got to a point when I thought, I can't keep this up anymore. I cannot get through 
a 40 or a 50 or a 60 or a marathon and still try to focus on one speed game and 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 get good and expect to get good times or for the marathon to go well so I, i've just i've shifted completely from that and it's uh, everything that i do with regards to my stream currently is based on getting these, these final fantasy marathons done and then when it comes to event time so when it comes to like esa european speedrunner assembly and speedrun marathons or even you know like online speedrun events where you don't have to be there in person for um that that's become way trickier um because two years ago, three years ago, I could literally just say, okay, for this week, I'm only going to speed run my marathon game. And that was fine. And I don't have enough time to be able to do that anymore. So finding mm-hmm. that time is is really tricky. So that's why for, I mean, the last year or so, I've only submitted games that I've that I've either been regularly doing, consistently do or know well, or um, that I'm super comfy with. Um, to be able to do so i mean there's there's a there's a chunk of people out there who know me for symphony of the night and and i love every single one of them because (laughs) i have i have let them down in a big bad way like that was that was my you know back in the day like 2014 me was like i did symphony of the night on weekdays and i did final fantasy 7 at weekends and that was my that was my thing and i and i split it really well balanced um and I, I have I oh I miss it terribly, um, mm. and it's so tough. You you there's sometimes you have to absolutely take away, depending on what you're doing, of course. Um, like like the emotional side of things and how you feel about it, because sometimes you're like I could just I could just play Castlevania today, and it'd be so nice. <laughs> and then the other side of me is like, nope, you're just you're losing production time. You've got to be effective <laughs> in what you're doing. <laughs> um, so I think you know there might be a, a, a time when things like that change. Right now, that's that's the immediate goal, and and ten two is one of those things that's just going to have to slot its way in. And if if anyone asks me if I'm going to add ten two into one of these marathons, which is just me entitled again, I will I will get I will get angry. <laughs> is, that is my as my number one least favorite question to be asked wow. when I'm when I've when I've it's I, everything's there. It says it on the screen every single game, and everyone's like. Is ten two in this? I'm like, why? Why would it be there? <laughs> Stop asking that. Um, so yeah, goodness knows what'll happen in in future events. But like, that's why. I mean, a lot of the time you'll see me doing Symphony of the Night or Final Fantasy games because that's my wheelhouse. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, and yeah, it's lovely to branch out. And there are lots of games that I really, really love, uh, or other ones that I'd love to speed run. Um, but at the minute, it's not the time or the place to do that. Uh, mm. But yeah, ten ten two is a stonker, and it's a really exciting race. It's been in. I think it's been in two speedrun marathons before. Um, I think the one probably most popular, I think Crystals for Life it was called then. It's now called RPG Limit Break. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was at those. Um, and and like I think the runners finished within like 10, 15 minutes of each other. You know, it only gets more impressive the longer the game is. Like if you've got a five minute or 10 minute run and you're racing it, like it's going to be intense the whole way through because mm-hmm. you're like, you know, it can go back and forth within seconds. And that's so exciting to have. If you can keep a, a, a four hour run within like two or three minutes of each other the whole way through, that's real. That's for me anyway, that's even more exciting. But like, how have they done this? Um, mm-hmm. And I assure you, it's never planned. <laughs> you know? um, so yeah, so that's, that's how that's going. And that's how that's going. That's going to, it should be really, really exciting and really good fun. And the other runner who's gonna uh, is running ten two is Leonis O seven. Uh, we've known each other for years, um, and we're really, really good friends on stream um, and outside of stream as well. So it's uh, it's gonna be an experience. And as far as I know, I mean, I'm not one to say, but people say that our on screen um, chemistry, if you will, or the dynamic that we've got when we're on stream together, uh, is thoroughly enjoyable. So it's always good to have someone that you can riff off really well um, or get on with really well uh, if you're going to be doing a race or a co-op run or anything like that. So, Cool. 
yeah so is there anything in particular you'd like to plug um twitch channels uh twitter pages that kind of thing oh i'm not so fussy about that i can't do um so <laughs> I mean, nine times out of 10, you're going to find me switch twitch.tv slash Metako, M-E-T-A-K-O. Um, anytime you want to find out things that are going on, I try to post everything on all of the social media platforms um, that I have and I'm on. Um, so you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find me on YouTube. Um, I mean, of course you can, um, but you know, so you'll find like marathon runs and stuff like that there. I have not, you know, hand on heart, I've not been as good with YouTube as I should have been. Uh, I will strive to improve. So give me hassle about that. Um, Discord is a really super easy place. So it's discord.gg slash Metako, M-E-T-A-K-O again. Um, you can find like every, every platform I'm on is linked on every platform I'm on. Um, so Twitter, because so many people are on, is a really good way to find out what's happening, especially when it comes to extreme time starting and stuff like that. Discord is a really good place to hang out. Um, like you know, there is an absolutely phenomenal um, community that that I haven't built. I did nothing. I just showed up and played video games and talked to people. Everyone else um, made it what it is. Um, but it, it is more of a family vibe than anything else I've experienced um, with other things. Like there are people here. It's like you go on the like a Twitch channel or you go on the Discord thread and you know you can hang out and like chat with people and whatever. But it's a truly supportive and inclusive group and environment that that everyone is welcomed in um, and has got a real place there. And that's one of the the biggest things for me is like it doesn't matter what you do, you, you anything you do in life, um, someone else will be affected by it in some way. Um, and if you're positively affecting other people, um, that is, that's like the, the greatest gift that you can get. So like for me, how stupid is it to know that for me just to sit down and play video games um, has provided entertainment for others and people will, you know, equate that to, you know, their favorite TV show or hanging out with their, their mates and stuff like mm. that when it's, when it's you know, such a simple and easy thing. So that's where you'll find me. Um, I would be remiss not to mention um, some of the things that also help me. So um, I am... Um, partnered with ViewSonic monitors. Uh, so it's ViewSonic Gaming. Um, and it would be really, really cool. I mean, they're, they're phenomenal. They support ESA Marathon as well uh, and a bunch of other platforms and streamers. So if you are interested in getting uh, a gaming monitor um, or they... I think they probably will be looking into peripherals and things like that as well for some things. Um, that is definitely a really good place to go to and you can get um, links and stuff. And uh, as a partner, I get to give away some things now and again. Um, mm. So that's something you could definitely keep an eye on and I will you know, put stuff like that. And they, they do that as well. Like So at TwitchCon, they gave away two gaming monitors to someone who got the fastest time in Quick and Crash, which is an arcade game. <laughs> um, so they're, they're, they're super responsive, really, um, really engaging and they really care about stuff that they're doing. So that's... You know, huge on on uh currently the monitor front um if that's something you're interested in otherwise i have no affiliation to um to anyone else specifically to do with the gaming stuff um but you I mean you can find people that i'm interested in things that i'm interested in and, and people that help support me and that i support um in the twitch channel but um yeah that's the easiest thing to do so just, if you follow me on twitch and you have notifications on you'll find me it's not difficult to do um and then as many events as i can get to but yeah that's pretty much me Great. So thank you for this interview um, and putting up with me being a little bit groggy. Um, so for the rest of this year, we are actually continuing covering Final Fantasy games on Kane and Rins. Um, depending on when this episode goes out, we might have released the episode on Final Fantasy X already, or maybe that's not out yet. But yeah, we're going to continue um, covering so Final Fantasy X, then jumping straight to twelve. 
then 13, which I'm I'm a backup for that, and then Final Fantasy 15, which I'll be on that episode. So um, keep listening to Kane and Rinse and subscribe through your preferred medium so that you can keep up with our main episodes on various games, but also on the Final Fantasy series. And um, if you haven't listened already, we've got all of the games from one to nine have already been released. So feel free to check out our back catalogue if you haven't done so already. So thank you for listening and till next time.